Hello friends and welcome to Offbeat Grad. My name is Sam and today I'm answering questions from you people and also the internet. So I asked on Instagram if anyone had any freelancer questions, like very vaguely, but I asked it really recently because I'm stupid, so I only got a few questions. It's fine. And I also sourced some of my favorite freelancer and digital nomad like forums on Reddit to get some additional questions. So I have a lot of questions to answer. So let's get to it. So I am freelancing today as I do every day. And I have been freelancing for several years, which is crazy. But it's recently been really, really hard work. And I have a lot more clients and that's great. And I'm getting paid regularly and I'm digging myself out of that lovely hole I put myself in um, earlier this summer when I had that fun breakdown. So that was cool. And anyway, we've come full circle. But I've gotten a lot of questions recently um, from a lot of different people asking me about freelancing. So that sort of inspired this. So I'm going to start with one that someone asked me on Instagram and she seemed really burnt out and I feel that like I feel it. So I get it and I wanted to address her concerns because she is not alone and we are all like that sometimes. Like it just, it be like that. So she asked, um, she says she's a university student, she's been following my blogging guide, and she wants to start freelance writing because she really needs, like, extra money. Um, she already has a WordPress website, and she started pitching, but nobody's been responding, and she can't really seem to get any traction on job boards and other websites like Upwork, so she's not sure what to do next, and she was asking for my advice, and I did answer her privately, but now I'm going to give some answer publicly because I feel like that's a really common frustration with people who are just starting to work online in any capacity, whether you just started blogging or you just started freelancing. And I will be super frank, as I have always, um, it took a long time to get started. I feel like every freelancer can attest to this. It is not a get rich scheme. It's not even like a reliable source of income, most likely when you're first getting started. That's doubly true if you're like this girl and also myself and a lot of my freelancer friends. If you're starting in college or right after college, you don't have 10 plus years of experience that a lot of more expert freelancers do have. And I feel like that can really get in the way because now you're competing um, with a lot of people who have legitimate quote unquote job experience and they're gonna get ahead of you. And you also don't wanna like follow the race to the bottom by underselling yourself because you do have skills and you do have value. So it's a really tricky position to be in. And I <laughs> feel for this girl because I get it. Um, I think she's based outside of the US so that presents even more challenges because um, you can't always get approved for platforms like Upwork or a lot of the job sites I use are only for people in the US. And that is just a really unfortunate challenge. And uh, my biggest advice would just be to keep focusing on your own blog. She said she started her own WordPress blog. That's excellent. That's a great way to get your um, portfolio going and to not waste your time, you know? When you're able to put stuff on your own blog, like you can always monetize your own blog. Again, it's slow going, but it's something. And even if that doesn't work out at the end of the day, you have this whole portfolio to look back on and just writing for the web is something you really need to learn as you go. So I feel like that's a great way to get real experience that you might not have in college. And that goes for any type of freelancing, not just writing, but just get some kind of experience and keep trying because 
it's really hard to get that first traction. And this is what I really associate with like Upwork. When I first started Upwork, I don't know why it was so hard. It was just nobody would respond to me. I felt like I was yelling into the void. And then suddenly I got one or two clients on there for like small projects. And suddenly I am top rated, whatever that means. And I'm getting tons and tons of invites. I'm getting so much more responses. And it's weird how that just switched so quickly. And that's been true with most of my freelance business. In the beginning, at first six months, it was dead, dead radio silence. Like it wasn't going well. And then as soon as I got some experience, I started working with some clients. Um, suddenly it became so much easier. I don't know if that's because I became a stronger applicant or I just became <laughs> better or it's just luck. I don't know. But it's just definitely a long, a long process and one that you shouldn't really worry about rushing because it's just really, really hard to just build that up authentically and it's going to take some time and that is just okay. Yep. <laughs> so another question I got was from Ashlyn and she emailed me this because um, she's actually written for my blog before. Um, she's a really great writer and she has a really strong voice. So she actually was asking about how to get started freelance writing because she was also having the same frustration. And uh, for freelance writing in particular, I would just go with starting a blog. <laughs> Start a blog and use that. Leverage it to get clients and just give it all you got and that's all you can really do um with freelance writing in particular i would recommend starting on content mills at least for maybe a few hours a week i don't think anyone should dedicate more than that to a content mill but a content mill is a website where you get paid not very much but you churn out work pretty fast you can usually find things to write about and you don't have to worry about finding clients and i find that to be really helpful when you're just getting started and you might not really understand what it means to be a freelance writer and because I did those gigs, I had more perspective when it came to working with clients in the future. So I think it was a great learning experience. So I would recommend just starting there, seeing if you even like it, you might not. So it's good to start somewhere. And that is what I have to say about that. So now let's talk more about specific questions relating to like more advanced freelancer stuff. So someone who, commented online they said I'm new just getting started um, I'm planning on starting work with a client but what do I need to get in writing before I start working with them like do I need a business name do I need a business address like etc so the answer to the last ones are no you don't need a business name I use my own name with all of my business stuff because that's easier if you do go by a business name in most states you have to file what's known as like a doing business as which is basically just letting the state know that you're doing business under a, a different name and I just didn't want to do that so <laughs> I didn't bother with that but using your name is pretty easy and usually is the typical thing if you're a sole proprietor. As for a website or an address, I would say you definitely should have a website. It can just be your name. And as for your address, I would recommend getting a P.O. box if you're doing any kind of complex like relations with people. Um, it's not really good to give out your address all the time, though you don't really need to for most things. But I would say if you have a website, you should probably have a P.O. box to go along with it. They're very cheap. Um, but if you are just working directly with clients and you don't have a website or any like complex back and forth with them, you could probably just get away with your own address or not even using an address. Um, you only need it in certain situations. And the final thing they asked is what do they need in writing? I would recommend a contract, but if you don't want a formal contract, then at least, at least get in writing 
like your deadlines, how much you're going to get paid and how you will get paid and like the scope of the project. That's always good. Um, I have a whole episode on contracts, so definitely listen to that. Next, someone asked, how do you clock the amount of time you work? I only recently started working hourly for one client. I honestly hate it. Um, I don't think hourly is a very effective use of my time personally, but I know it is for a lot of types of freelancers. So I have actually just <laughs> monitored my time on my own. Um, I like to use a Google sheet, and so I'll break down each task like and how long it takes me. But if you want to legitimately track your time um, in a more careful way, which some clients will ask you to do, um, Toggle is a free tool. It's T-O-G-G-L. And it basically just like works on your computer and it's free and you can like stop and start time and then like organize it as needed. And it's a really good tool for that. I know some clients are more strict than others, but for, for my particular client, it works easier for me to just keep track on my own and invoice as needed. How do I know if a client is leading me on for free work? Ooh, ooh, that gets me heated. I've, I'm so used to this. Um, so what this means is basically a client will be like, oh, we'll pay you soon or like, oh, just do this one more thing and like then we'll send your invoice over, like that kind of thing. This happens so frequently. And honestly, I like to give the client the benefit of the doubt. Most of the time, I think either they're inexperienced working with freelancers and they don't realize how rude that is or they just honestly... <laughs> are just like trying to do all these little things before they invoice so they don't have to invoice twice but honestly it's just annoying and I think this situation is best to avoid altogether but if you don't have a contract or sometimes clients just think this is normal or okay and it's really not so what I would suggest in this situation if possible is to just stop doing work until you're paid. I know that's harder <laughs> to do than it is to say but you could always just be like hey um, I actually am no longer to keep work. I can no longer keep working until I submit my invoice. Um, if you need additional work, that's just fine. As soon as that's paid, I will get started on that right away. And I would just invoice them and let them pay. And I would not work on anything else. Um, if they keep sending you work, be like, great, I'm making a note of this. I have it all set. I'll get started as soon as you send me that sweet, sweet invoice. So that's how I would deal with that. Um, it's really important to identify when clients are leading you on. Um, well, I don't think most of them are trying to get free work. I think it comes from like a place of not understanding how, <laughs> how freelancers sort of value their time and we don't always get paid very regularly. So like we can't just work endlessly with no end in sight until we get an invoice. But I feel like this just doesn't really make sense to someone in a nine to five job who knows they're getting their paycheck every week or two weeks. Um, they just don't think about it. So I try to frame it in that way instead of them being malicious. But who really knows? So I would just stop working, send an invoice. So next question, how do I deal with vacations and guilt when taking time off? Oh, I got a whole episode about this too. Um, set boundaries. <laughs> and that's the biggest one. And let your clients know in advance. I try to frame it as this. Like I know that I get a lot of guilt when I take time off because I feel like I'm not making money or I'm like my clients could replace me. But at the end of the day, you have to be in the best frame of mind in order to do your best work. So if you are constantly burning out or like on the cusp of burning out, oh, my dog is making sounds, then you need to take a break. Like consider that as part of your healthy business practice. Like you're going to return so much more refreshed. You're going to do better work for clients and you're going to be happier about it. So when I keep that mindset in mind, I have a lot <laughs> easier time letting clients know. But if clients do send you work or tasks during the trip, you can always just let them know that you're going to need additional time and give them a date when you can get it to them by. Um, I do usually do a little bit of work while I'm 
vacations, but I try to limit it to under two hours a day or less. And that works for me. I personally like to keep in touch with my clients because I'm a control freak and that's that. But definitely do need to take some kind of time off, whether it's a mental health day or like a full-blown vacation. You just need to value that because it's a really important part of your whole business. Next, um, how do I learn to type faster? Ah, I love typing fast. I have a super fast typing speed. I type at like 120 words per minute. It's not very accurate, um, but my biggest tip is always to uh, play those video games. I grew up playing typing video games. I had like the full suite of games um, to learn how to type and I became a really strong touch typist, which means I don't need to look at the keyboard at all. Um, I would also say invest in a good keyboard. Um, the default Apple one that came with my desktop sucked. It's too small, like wasn't a fan. I got a big, a big, big Logitech one and it is beautiful. She is smooth. Um, I, if you're really struggling to um, learn keys and like learn how to type without looking, I would suggest getting a pretty clunky keyboard, like the flat ones where the keys are all sleek and smooth. Like just don't cut it when you're learning because you need to really feel the grooves and the keys. I'm really passionate about typing. So <laughs> get, get a clunky old keyboard like we're in 2004 and just like feel it out. I don't know. I would definitely keyboards are important, but just practice and cover the keyboard. Practice while covering it. Doesn't count if you look at the keyboard gotta cover it. I think typing is a super important skill, not just to writers, but for vloggers or basically anyone who works on the internet. Learning how to type really fast will only help you, so definitely prioritize this. Next question, what programs, books, styles, etc. do I need to know before I start freelancing? So this is once again, no size, no one size fits all, but I think it's really helpful to learn like a suite of project management tools because I've worked with tons of clients and most everyone has their own set way for dealing with project management and a lot of them use a lot of different tools so getting the hang of a few of them will help you not need to like figure it out when you first get into them so the common ones are trello which is free definitely love trello so many of my clients use trello um google drive like the suite of google drive tools like google slides google sheets google docs etc and then asana which is project management and Basecamp and monday those all work pretty similar i've used all of them but they're all really similar in how they organize deadlines and projects but like getting familiar with them before you work with a client would really help you you could sign up with a free trial a lot of them have free memberships i think Basecamp just started a free one for like sole proprietors slash freelancers it's a really good way to just like not need to ask these questions of your clients when you start working with them. As for like programs or books or styles, um, I would say if you're a writer, then you should maybe familiarize yourself with like MLA or APA style guides. Those are the most one common ones. Um, those basically only will come up if you're doing like really research heavy work, but I use them a lot, <laughs> but I was an English major, so I know them. But um, those are something that you should learn. There's no specific programs or books. Those will just depend on what you're doing. The next question is, how do you organize a pitch email? So I've been doing PR for one of my clients, so I'm a pitch guru now. But um, there's no one set way yet again. But I would suggest if you're doing like a guest post for someone or some kind of like asking them of something, you could just use the title of the guest post or as your title or just like guest post for 
blog name, that kind of thing, um, you want to be really clear. I found that the, the less time it takes you to get your point across, the, the more likely the likes you read it. So start with saying who you are. So like, I am a marketing writer. Don't just say I'm a freelancer. Like nobody cares about that. Say I am a um, full stack tech developer, whatever. Then share links to your works. I say links because it's creepy when you include attachments in emails, like no one's going to open them. Um, don't attach your resume. Don't attach any of that. This is why it's really important to have a um, really specific website for your freelance business because that looks super professional and you don't have to attach your resume like a creep. Or if you have past work, you could link to the past work. So I will link to my most recent published articles. Then explain why your post or your work is a good fit for them. So don't just say, I wanna do this. Be like, I wanna do this because it's a good fit for X reason and Y reason. Um, and then finally, don't take too long. If it's more than two paragraphs, it's too long. So get to the point. I use bullet points, um, <laughs> I'm really quick because People just don't have the time to read a lot of things, so don't make them sit through your whole novel. Next, how long until you should follow up after a pitch or like with an editor? So I would say check in after a week, maybe a few days less than a week after you originally send your first email. And then again, one week later, I don't think you should do any more than that. Some people will say you should keep following up forever. I personally have found that to not be effective. I know that when people send me pitches, I'm, I'm probably not going to respond, but I'm definitely not gonna respond if you send five. So I would just say <laughs> two is a good limit, maybe three but I would leave about a week or at least five days in between emails because sometimes I don't check my email every day. Sometimes I check it every three days or whatever. So it might not, I mean, my, <laughs> one of my emails, I have a lot of emails, but like for my blog email, I don't always check it every day. So you sending a follow-up immediately afterwards isn't really going to serve any purpose except to annoy me. Finally, which months are the slowest for freelancers? This is true for both freelancers and bloggers. You're going to notice that some months are just slower than others. This is going to depend on your industry. Some industries are slower during different times of the year. And then also your location, because I know a lot of cities or like parts of the world, it's common to take um, weeks or days off on like the weeks in summertime and stuff like that. I know in New York City, a lot of people don't work on Fridays, stuff like that. So things likely will slow down during the summer and also during <laughs> holiday season. So like the weeks leading up to the holidays, maybe the first week after the new year, like the week before Thanksgiving, these kinds of times of the year are notoriously slower. So if you notice you're not getting as much feedback from clients or you're just not getting as much work, this is normal and you should just build it into your freelance pricing. Okay, how do you deal with procrastinating clients? Oof, so like if you've done the work and you now need to wait for them to like give you feedback or you're waiting on them to send something your way so you can finish a project. This is the worst thing ever and it happens so often. And when I first started freelancing, this would drive me crazy. I would be like, don't they wanna get the work done? Why aren't they giving me the edits so I can finish it? Like now they're gonna just, this is gonna be dragged on for months. Like their deadline is coming up. Like they need to launch this soon, et cetera, et cetera. Now I don't give a crap. So uh, basically the ball is in their court. If you've submitted everything you needed to submit, all you can do is send a follow-up, maybe a few days later. Um, and that's it. There's, there's, you have to learn how to let go. In this case, I mean, it's, it's up to them if you're gonna pass a deadline at that point. Like if they have some kind of launch date, like that's on them to make that work. Um, 
one thing that you might be able to do is offer to do the work for them or like make the choice for them. Um, this isn't always applicable and of course you would want to charge for this, but maybe like if you're building a website and they need to send you content, you could be like, hey, I understand you might be really busy. Would you rather me like write some content or like find some filler content for the time being? A lot of times clients just either are too busy or they don't really know what to do. So offering to make that choice for them or do that work for them could be the right choice. Not always, but it could be. Um, they might say no. They might also be really thankful. So that would be the only possible thing you can do but there's really nothing else you can do. So at that point, I would just send a follow-up and then just wait it out because it's on them. You've submitted your work. You're gonna get paid for it. So it doesn't really matter the timeline after that. Last but not least, how do you stay sane when you're working from home? I have a whole podcast on this too, but it's so important. I'll talk about it again. So I found some tips on this online that I'd like to share, but the ones that mainly work for me are setting business hours and the Pomodoro technique. So business hours for me are between 10 and four. Like I'm almost always working during this time. But what I mean by business hours is outside of these hours, I'm not going to respond to client communications. And I've been really good at that. Um, recently, except in like emergency circumstances, but usually having those limited hours um, prevents me from <laughs> really overstepping boundaries with clients. And then the Pomodoro technique is when you typically work 25 minutes on, take a five minute break, rinse and repeat. This works for me because I'm really good at like stepping in and out of work. If you need a longer time to get back into things, you might want a longer time than 25 minutes. But for me, this helps break up my day into like really easy to work with chunks. Like 25 minutes is no big deal. So it's easier to stay motivated. Um, other tips I found are to shower and get out of the house. And I totally agree. Like spending your morning like you're getting ready for a traditional job is really helpful um, to get you into that right mindset instead of just rolling out of bed and like tapping on your computer. It's just a good little habit. Um, go outside, go into the sun. I take my dog for a walk, but like just going for a walk in general could be a great thing to do. Um, run errands in the middle of the day. I love this because it gets me out of the house and you can go to the grocery store and like do stuff at times when other people aren't usually there. So for me, that's a great tip, but that sort of breaks up your day a little bit and take advantage of having your time to yourself like that. And then finally, plan activities for yourself. So this is weird, but you sort of have to plan your social calendar a little bit more intensely if you're working from home than if you had a traditional job because you don't have those built-in like social interactions. So I build them in for myself. So I will like schedule a, a fun thing to do with a friend like a week in advance or I'll just like find something to do on the weekend. Or if it's just me, I'll be like, on Thursday, I'm gonna go get coffee and sit there for two hours. Or maybe I'll be like, this new movie I want to see, I'm going to go see this on Wednesday. That kind of thing. Having those built into like your weekly schedule will just get you out of the house and help you realize that like life is fun and stuff. So yeah, those were my rapid fire questions. I answered a lot really quickly because I was excited about them. But hopefully they were informative in some way. If not, then ask me better questions next time. But thank you to everyone who's asked me questions. I love that you see me as a resource, even though I'm confused most of the time. And I hope you all have a very productive week. Bye.